Welcome to the MMA Roadshow, episode number 367. My name is John Morgan. Cole Coffee is not with me here in Jacksonville, Florida. No, he is not. Cole Coffee is back home in Las Vegas, and I know he's enjoying being in Las Vegas. He had a good time out in Columbus, Ohio, but he was away for quite a while while he was embedded with Matt Brown. I know he's happy to be at home, so... Per my understanding, obviously I don't quite get all the details on the MMA Junkie uh, travel planning <laughs> anymore, but from my understanding, he didn't even really uh, make himself eligible for this trip. He knew he wanted to stay at home. So you just got me tonight, and you may say, well, John, I mean, I know there's plenty of other journalists there in Jacksonville, Florida to cover USC 273. Why aren't you with them? Well, you know, it's a funny thing here being on this team of one by myself, <laughs> and that is... Uh, I'm on everybody else's schedule now. Uh, they, no, nobody else is on my schedule anymore. Uh, and that became very obvious as it came time to start trying to pull some people together to get together for the MMA Road Show. Talk to our man Hot T, Oscar Willis. And Hot T said, oh, man, yeah, 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 no, no. Love to, bro, love to. But uh, I'm having dinner with the ESPN crew, you know, and then maybe, you know, after that I can swing by to wherever you're at. And uh, guys... And I think any long-time listener, or maybe even uh, not even a long-time listener, maybe just anybody that's heard a couple of episodes of Hot Tea, um, I, I think I made a pretty wise decision here because I thought to myself, okay, I, I like what Hot Tea brings to the table. He's he's always got some opinions, and he's he's knowledgeable, and he's enthusiastic. But I'm getting him after he's gone out to have dinner and drinks with someone else in the ESPN crew. Uh it seems like a really bad idea. That's you know, there's we know there's a timer. Hot tea has a timer, and if that timer is starting with me, then I feel like I have a better understanding of it, right? But if that timer is starting with somebody else, well, you know what kind of, kind of hot tea you're gonna get. So I was like, nah, you know what? Let's just let's just skip hot tea tonight and not do that. Now, I thought about some others. I I I really thought about uh the the guy that I'm just. You guys know how proud I am of him, man. You know, Jose Youngs, who who just kind of hung off in the background for so long, grinding away, you know, kept telling us he, he had some job. We all knew it was kind of bogus, but we didn't say anything, right, because we liked the guy so much. We enjoyed his company, right? And we said, okay, you know, st- stick around here and just hang tight, and, you know, maybe one of these days you'll actually, you know, get something, uh, you know, in the, in the field. Away. And now, after all this time, you know, he's finally started with this 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 small little upstart, this MMA fighting thing that he's with. And I'm so proud of that guy, man, just because he grinded in the background when nobody was paying attention, you know. Finally got himself a spot. But uh, <laughs> wanted to have him on. And, and he was willing to, to be on as well. Uh, but, again, he's got other things going on right now. He's actually doing some interviews with Mike Heck, who's in town for MMA fighting as well. So they had to go do that stuff. And so it was kind of like, ah, you know, I got to get this stuff done. So I don't know exactly when I'm going to be around, which, you know, I totally understood. By the way, I do want to give a shout-out to Mike Heck as well. Uh, I, I will be honest. Uh, I didn't listen to a lot of MMA fighting content for years and years and years and years. You know, there was always kind of this rivalry between MMA junkie and MMA fighting. 
you know, if you'll notice, the two sites never mention each other. You know, they never cite each other unless they absolutely just have no other way of getting news out but citing the other website. Uh, so, you know, just kind of a matter of principle. I didn't listen to any of their content, if I'm being 100% honest. Um, and, and so I've started to do that a little bit more. And uh, I like Mike Heck, man. If you guys aren't listening to his stuff, I'm sure a lot of you guys, if you're listening to this, you probably listen to his stuff too. But um, I, I like Mike Heck, man. I appreciate what he brings to the table. So uh, shout out to Mike Heck over there. But anyway, so they're tied up and they're doing their thing. Now, the last option, I not the last option, there's some other people, but the most, you know, comfortable option, I guess, or people that I know, of course, is the MMA junkie crew that's down here as well. Uh, Danny Segura, Mike Bond are here as well, but I, I don't know. I just, you know, may, may that, that time will come at some point, I'm sure, but, you know, in this transitionary period of me walking away and, and starting this new chapter, I guess I just wanted to make sure there was nothing awkward or anything where it's like, you know, somebody has a talking to him of like, what are you doing that guy's podcast for? You know, weren't you supposed to be working on this? And instead, you're over there talking to that guy. So you end up with just me. And I hope that's acceptable to everyone. Now, the drawback to that, and I think I can still, look, I think I can still do okay. I think I can still bring a little bit of MMA discussion with you. I like to bounce some points off some other people, but I feel like I can bring some information. But the drawback is... I really wanted to go to this dive bar right down the street. We went there last time we were in Jacksonville. There's a dive bar here that I absolutely love. I took a picture of my, on my Instagram feed the other night of a, of, a, of a PBR neon that's in there. And we've talked about it before when we were here. But it's literally just called Locals. That's what it's called, Locals. It's uh, I'll give the address here, 1216 Kings Avenue, which is right down the street from where I'm staying, uh, which is just on the other side of the river from the host hotel. It's a cool little dive bar, man. Super cheap drinks. Uh, divey dive bar, which I love, man. I, I am not about the pretense and about the... I mean, don't get me wrong. I like a nice handcrafted cocktail. Uh, you know, I'll sip a fine scotch and smoke on a cigar somewhere if I had the opportunity. But when it comes down to just the everyday game, man, I want just divey, easy, cheap, chill. And this place is cool. And so I, that's where I wanted to do the podcast because if there is a place that is more suitable for the MMA Roadshow, I don't know where it is. I mean, this place, if I lived in Jacksonville, Florida, we would be there every single episode. That's where we would be. Um, and so I thought it would have been a great place. But once it became evident that I was going to have to roll solo, well, the idea of being in there, well, it always looks a little weird. Like I, I know, especially if you don't know us, we're strangers, and when you're in town, and you see us sitting in a bar with headsets on talking, I know we look dumb. Uh, I don't worry about that so much, to be honest with you. I I, I don't care. Um, but, now I'm not saying the people at Locals and all the fine patrons in there aren't trustworthy. The problem is, in order to do this, I got to bring in my computer, I got to bring in my recorder, I got to bring in my headset, I got to bring in all, all this stuff, right, this gear. And every now and then, you got to hop up and, you know, Nature calls. I mean, if you if if your drink is a frosty beverage, it's like I most certainly am right now. Don't have any award-winning PBRs, but I do have. I've tapped the Rockies over here. Got a couple of ice cold Coors Lights as we sit here and and, uh, and get ready to talk some UFC 273. But you know, it's a lot of pretty expensive equipment to walk away from to to, to you know when when nature calls. And as I said, I, I, I'm sure the, the people are all there fine, but can you imagine? heading out and then you come back and your, and your gear is gone your computer is gone that you use to make a living your uh your recording equipment is gone that you use to make a living like 
Whoo! You know, and this is all my personally purchased equipment as well. So, uh, you know, I'm sure the the fine folks at MMA Underground. By the way, small name change there. The Underground still the forum, but MMA Underground, the actual website now. So, a little little tweak there. You know, kind of make it a little bit more Google accessible. You know, we're making adjustments behind the scenes. Uh, so, the folks at MMA Underground are fantastic. But I don't know that they would be uh, pretty excited about me saying, hey, guess what? My first trip on the road for you guys, my stuff got stolen. And I know that never happened. Well, I take that back. I did have a camera lens stolen out of my bag one time in a press room in Texas, actually. I was at a, a shark fight event in Amarillo, I believe. Um, and Lubbock? Amarillo? So I can't remember. Uh, but a camera lens was stolen out, out of my back. Actually, you know what? I take that back. It was a camera body because I remember the lens was actually twice the price of the camera body. So if you're ever going to steal camera equipment, take a look at the lens more than the body because the lens might be worth a whole lot more. Uh, but anyway, so that was the only theft I've ever had. But I can imagine if I told the MMA Underground people, hey, all my stuff got stolen. Would you mind? you know, wiring me some new equipment. I don't think that would go over it real well. So there's the story. That's how we're that's why we're rolling solo night. UFC 273 this week, Jacksonville, Florida. I gotta say, man, and, and I do know this. I did talk to the guys about it. And I wanted to get their thoughts on it. Um it it was weird, man. I, I know this is the third event in Jacksonville, but um landing in Jacksonville again. I will say I had the same experience last time of just the memories that come back, right? Because this is, of course, the place where the first card was pandemic area, right? I mean, this is where we came to have the first event. And, and those memories will live so clear, man. I mean, two years ago, man, we we didn't know what the hell was going on in the world, right? I mean, we, we didn't know what all this stuff was, how it was going to impact our lives. And, man, I remember, you know, I, I told my wife in the beginning, I'm like, look, whenever they do events again, I'm going. You know, like, I, I just... I have to. I mean, this is my job. I have to cover it. Um, but it was weird to know because you're like, I, I think I'll be safe. I think I'll be fine. But you don't really know. In April of 2020, we didn't know if we'd be safe. I guess it was, you know, April was the plan. I guess the event was in May. But you know what I'm saying? Two years ago, I don't. I, don't, I still don't really understand all this stuff. If I'm being 100% honest, but I definitely sure as hell didn't understand it two years ago. So last time we came here for the event, um, flew into the airport and I did get those feelings because we landed in the same terminal that we came in when we came in for the COVID events. So you're walking through it. Now, now there's people in it. When we landed then, there was nobody in the airport, but you get that weird feeling where those memories just come back. But last time we came here for the second Jacksonville event, it was at a different hotel. So this one, um, the host hotel, I'm not staying at the host hotel. I'm staying at a, at a Hampton Inn, like I said, across the river a little bit, a little cheaper. Um, but the host hotel is the Renaissance over there, and it's the same one that hosted us during the pandemic. And, man, it's just the feelings going in there again, you know, because it was weird. Like, when we got here last time, we had to go in through a back door. and You know, we came in, and we were, we were going up the escalators today to get to the ballroom where the media day was at, and we had to pass the escalators. Like, we had to go to level two uh, before, you know, it was level three, but you go up to level two, and that level two is where – we had to get, I mean, that's where I got my first ever COVID test. You know, if, if, if you guys have followed me that long, remember that video where they did that, that, that nasal test. That was one of the, you know, the first one had to be the nasal test. I remember it was the first one I'd had. I ended up having like 105 tests or something. Not that many nasals. I think I only ended up having like 10 or 12 nasals, but 
Um, but that was the first one I ever had. I remember being so nervous about it on the plane. Um, cause man, just the thought of somebody sticking something up my nose, dude, I, I just remember slamming vodka. Now in fairness, I slam vodka on planes a lot, but I do remember taking a couple shots right at the end and just be like, Oh, let's, uh, let's, let's get this done. So, uh, anyway, it's a weird feeling. I will say that everybody that was here during that pandemic era, man, they, they had that same feeling. So, um, kind of, kind of a different feel behind the scenes, but the world is different now, man. I mean, obviously we're back, sold out crowd. We've had Florida's been a great host, and uh, you know, big events here, and nobody's wearing masks and all that, so it's 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 back to normal. But uh, this card is good. I'm I'm interested in this card, right, for a lot of reasons because I find the fights intriguing. I feel like, and understandably so, a lot of the focus is on the betting odds, right? And that makes sense. I mean, it, it is weird. Like if you just if you didn't know anything about the sport, right? If you just you know, maybe some casual guy or whatever, somebody's showing you, hey, man, what do you think about, uh, you know, what do you think about this car? Maybe you should watch MMA for the first time. And you're like, all right, cool. Well, you know me, I like to I like to gamble a little bit. Like, show me the betting odds, man, so I can see what kind of, you know, what kind of competitive uh, kind of action we're going to have. If you looked at the betting odds, you'd be like, wow, is this is this really worth my time? Is this Is this really worth me paying attention to? But you know what? I think it is. Now, the top three fights are all pretty one-sided if you look at the betting odds, right? And, and there's no, I mean, again, that's been the big discussion of it. I mean, you look at, uh, I'm just pulling up uh, best fight odds right now. I'm looking at DraftKings is the first one they list. As I'm sitting here recording this on Wednesday night, Alexander Volkanovsky, minus 720. Whew. Peter Yan, minus 490. Whew. And where's, uh, where's Hamzat at? Oh, I can't have these in order, man. What's wrong with you guys? Okay. Hamzat and Gilbert Burns, minus 550. Damn it, best fight odds, you let me down. You still got this fight down there in the future events. Come on, get it up there at USC 273. So anyway, huge, huge favorites. But I'm maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm homering. Maybe I'm – I don't know. I will say I I, I like Alexander Volkanovsky a lot against Chan Sung Jung. Um, and that's no disrespect to the Korean Zombie, not at all, man. This dude is a legend of the sport. I'm so happy for him that 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 he's got this opportunity again. You know, stepped in for for Max Holloway, of course. You know, so it's not as if you know he was the clear choice here, but he made himself eligible and he made himself a name by you know staying relevant and winning big fights. And obviously, he's turned in some legendary performances over the year. And listen. Crazier things have happened, right? I'm not saying that Chan Sung Jung has no shot of winning this fight. You can't say that about any MMA fight. You can't say that there's no shot. There is a shot. But I just believe Alexander Volkanovsky is one of the best in the world right now. You don't win, was it 20 fights in a row now? I mean, I don't care who you're fighting. 20 fights in a row, unbelievable, man. And you see the murderous road that he's gotten through to get here. I mean, you go back to Chad Mendez, you look at Jose Aldo, you look at Holloway, and I know the Holloway fights are a sense of, uh, you know, contention for some people. I do believe he won the fights, and I, I know a lot of people don't. I do believe he did. Uh, close fights, no question about it. Unbelievable test, but he got through them. Um, and I, I just think he's going to be too much for, for Chan Song Jung. So, again, is this – you know, Matt Sarah-esque over GSP level upset if he wins. I mean, according to the odds, it would be. I don't think it's that big. I, I don't think you can completely count the guy out. But just when you look at where they stand in their careers right now, yeah, it's it's a, it's, it's a tall order. But, uh, you know, entertaining. But then you get down to Aljamain Sterling and Peter Young. And look at the odds on that one. And I get it, right? 
And I've seen a lot of analysts talking about this, and I'm glad that everybody's saying it. I'm glad to hear that people are going back and watching the fight and going, you know what? This fight isn't exactly the way I remembered it. Because I swear, in the in the 13 months since their original fight occurred, it seems like people have just said that, that, that Peter Yan just blew Aljamain Sterling out of the water. And that's just not the case. Aljamain was competitive early, winning early. And, you know, I, I, I thought it was making a pretty good account of himself. Now, clear that he faded, no question about it. He was fading bad. At the time of the illegal knee, he was fading. Peter Yan was taking over the fight. Um, you know, I, it was, he was going to win round three. I didn't see anything changing in four and five. You know what I mean? I just, sorry. I mean, I just, it didn't, it looked like Aljamain was done and he's kind of admitted it since, right? He's come out and said, you know, the, 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 the diet plan that he used, the, the game plan that he used of, of just trying to bank three rounds and stall for the last two, um, which is cool that he made it. It's crazy because I think Aljamain has been so open and honest about, everything you know I don't think he has any reason to lie and I, I just and it's like he just gets absolutely hammered for it you know and sometimes I don't know what's better to just be like ah oh, well he was the better man that night or to actually hear like well this is what I thought this is what I did wrong here's the lessons I learned I like that stuff I like hearing what happened behind the scenes what choices did you make what you know what, what did you learn you know because I think that that helps other people it helps all of us understand the sport better it helps fighters in the future learn from mistakes and pick up on things and I feel like Aljamain Sterling has been completely open about it and he's just gotten absolutely hammered. Now, I get it, man. Some people think he, he hammed it up, he acted, whatever. I mean, I don't know. I, I, how can you clearly say that? I mean, he got blasted by a knee. You know what I mean? Like, did, did he play into it a little bit? But I don't know. I don't know. But I just I hate the fact that people are like, ah, just cl- he was clearly acting. He was clearly fine to continue. And he wanted a way out. And he's a, he's an actor. And he deserves it. I don't know, man. I just I just don't like that. Now, Put all that aside, um, I, I, let me say I do like the fact that Aljamain has just kind of started leaning into it now and just been like, yeah, whatever. You know, I'm the best actor. We got a, we got a bunch of great actors in our camp. I mean, you know, I, I heard that was funny the other day because they were talking about uh, Ray Longo. I believe it was on the Anakin Florian podcast. Maybe I heard about it that Aljamain said it. You know, like they were praising uh, Ray Longo for for having a role in a movie. And he's like, yeah, we got great actors here, and I, and I love it. I love the fact that he's just kind of embraced it and leaned into it. Uh, today, when he sat down at the media day, he said, like, uh, sorry, I forgot my, my helmet and my neck brace. And, you know, I, I like the fact that he just kind of deals with it. Now, all that said, Peter Yant is a badass. And I think, you know, it's it's clear that he's a phenomenal fighter. Um, you know, the way that, uh, you know, he beat Corey Sanhagen, who's an incredibly talented fighter. Um, the way that, um, you know, look... Faber, okay, a little bit late in his career. Aldo, a little late in his career, but still impressed. I mean, look, the guy is good. He's damn, damn good. Um, and he has every case uh, and possibility of, of winning this fight. But I will say, man, Aljamain looks good to me physically. I mean, if you followed him over his career, not that he's, he's ever, you know, come in looking out of shape, but he just looks even leaner, looks looks uh, to be in phenomenal shape, great mindset, great attitude, and, you know, surgically repaired now and, and you know, this this grappling game that can be a game changer, right? I mean, if he's able to shut down, you know, and I, I, look, if, if he ends up in a boxing match, I don't think that goes his way. I mean, he, he, he looked okay on the feet, 
But ultimately, Peter Jan is, is going to start getting you down on the feet. You know, he's not necessarily the quickest starter, but he's going to get you down, right? I don't think you want to strike with him. But Sterling has that, that that grappling game and that back control, man, that's incredible. And, you know, now that his neck's better. And, so I don't know. I, I just, you know, gun to my head, I'm probably picking Peter Jan. I mean, we saw him starting to take over late. We hear why, but we saw it. Gun to my head, I'm probably picking him. But looking at the odds and the implied percentages, I'm not sure I 100% agree with. I don't. I don't think this is a fight that like Aljamain Sterling has no chance of winning. Maybe. Maybe that makes me a fool. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe I'm 100% wrong and he's just about to get waxed out here. But I just don't see it that way. I think it's more competitive. So I'm excited for this fight. Um, I guess in some ways I kind of wish it was the main event just because there is a lot of drama. And, and by the way, I mean, I, I, you know, the tension between these two, I love the fact that, like, Jan is not letting off of it all. Today at the media day, you know, he's talking about the fact that Aljamain Sterling is a champion is an absolute disgrace. He was saying that if he ran into him ahead of time, you know, they were going to go to war. He said, he said he'd actually, his camp would kill the other camp. And I don't think he meant it in the way that, like, there would actually be fatalities. Uh, but he got his message across that, you know, this ain't friendly. If we run into each other in the in the, in the the hotel, just know it's on site. Uh, Aljamain did respond. I was like, dude, I'll give you my hotel room number if you want, you know, but. But whatever. It's good tension, and it's it's good rivalry. And you know what I think I like about it is that, you know, look, I like a good grudge match as much as any. But, you know, in this in this, in this this uh, era of entertainment and grudge matches and hate and all this stuff, it's, it's, it's good. But I think I like that this one came from something that happened in the cage, right? This isn't, you know, somebody disrespected somebody's coach or somebody's mom or, you know, said something on Twitter. You know what I mean? Like, I know they had Twitter exchanges, but the, the core of this is not just some silly battle. The core of this is something that happened in the cage, and we're contesting over whether you deserve the right to be a champion. We're contesting over the right of whether you showed yourself to be a cheater or whether you showed yourself to take the easy way out or all those things, you know? And I think Aljamain said it best. He's like, look, somebody's going to end up looking stupid in this. And I, I think that's what I like about it, man. This is, as far as rivalries and intention goes, man, you know, sorry to back, borrow the tagline, but it's as real as it gets, right? It's over something that happened in the cage. So I like this. I, I kind of almost wish it was the main event. I feel like there's such drama and intrigue. And maybe I'm wrong, and maybe, maybe Zombie ends up being more competitive, and this is a one-sided fight. But I don't think so. I don't think so. So I, I'm intrigued by this. And I'll say the same thing for Hamza Shemaya and Gilbert Burns. Now, here's what's funny. So, uh, and granted, again, I am a Gilbert Burns homer. I like Gilbert Burns a lot. But when I look at the stylistic matchup, if I wanted somebody to beat Shemaev, uh, they they better have heavy hands because they might need to catch him. You know, they, they might have to deal with a lot of, of grinding wrestling and need to catch him. So I want some pop, I need some pop in the hands. Uh, he's got that at 170. And I want somebody with great grappling, you know. Now, you know, I think Gilbert Burns' best grappling moments have been top game. So I'm not saying that oh, as long as he's on his back, he's fine. But he is dangerous there. I mean, this dude is a world champion black belt. Not a black belt. Not, you know, one uh, a regional grappler's quest. Or, I mean, like, this dude is a legit world champion black belt. So... Am I saying, oh, you know, Hamzat better stay off the ground, man. You don't want to be in that guy's guard. No, definitely not saying that. Hamzat's grappling is great. Uh, Hamzat's offensive top game is great. As he said, 
you know, told me today. He's like, hey, this isn't wrestling. This isn't jujitsu. I'm not grabbing a gi and holding him. I'm going to smash him in his face, like, at all times. And that's true. I mean, so, again, I'm not saying, ah, as long you know, Gilbert's just fine on his back. He's not. He doesn't want to be there. But he can. He's he's more comfortable there, and he's got some weapons he can offer from there. So I think this is good. Now, with all that said, um, the hype around Hamza is not just hype. It's real. It is absolutely real. And we've been telling you behind the scenes that everybody we talk to that rolls them is like, dude, this dude is different. Now we've seen it in the fights. I always say in fights, of course, you know, you want to see guys get tested. You want to see guys get pushed, right? That's when you really know where they stand and where their capability lies and what they can accomplish. Because you got to know, can they fight when, you know, to borrow the cliche, then, you know, when they're when they're not the hammer, when they're being the nail, can they can they can they battle out of that? We haven't seen that yet. We haven't seen them be tested yet, and that's interesting to me. But you know, there's something to be said for the reason we haven't seen them tested is because can, can nobody test them? And and that may be true also. So I'm I'm intrigued by this. I was you know I was walking out of the, ho- uh, the host hotel today to come back to my hotel, and there was a couple of fans out there, and they're like you know they were like hey John John come talk to us real quick. All right, cool, cool. And and they were like, dude, you gotta tell me. We've been sitting here debating. We've been you know fans. Friend, we've been we man. We're going back and forth. We're going back and forth. You know, uh, is Hamza gonna absolutely destroy Gilbert Burns? And I, and I looked at him and I said, you know, the thing is. That's interesting is, and I think why I'm so intrigued by this fight, is I can't tell you yes, and I can't tell you no. And I know that, I mean, that's any fight, right? That's what we love about anything can happen, blah, blah, blah. But, man, I I feel like sometimes there's fights where you're like, I'm pretty damn certain I know exactly how this thing is going to play out. And I don't feel that way in this fight. And obviously the odds show that people feel that they know exactly how this is going to play out. I don't feel that way. By the way, let me say something real quick on the odds because I've seen a lot of people with this take that the odds are disrespectful. Now, if you're a, if you're a uh, you know, if you're heavy into gambling, you, you don't even need to tell me this. You, you know, you can you can not listen for a little bit. But I just want to make sure be, you can't say that. The odds are disrespectful. Remember, odds are about getting two-way action. It's about minimizing the risk of the sports book, right? Odds are essentially if you look at it, uh, uh, like a system of supply and demand, right? It moves based on the, the money that comes in. It's not based on, um, you know, somebody's you – know, now, there are – I do like their, their, the, the odds calculators, if you've ever seen those out there. There's Dan Stuff that first showed me these, like, years ago, and I really do like them where it's like you take an, uh, uh, an odd and you put it in there and it gives you the implied probability of that person winning. And I think that's such a good – indicator you know because if you say like oh well he's you know he's minus 800 he's eight to one well what does that really mean does that mean he wins one out of eight times what i mean what are we talking so you put in the odds uh implied uh victory uh probability i do think that's a cool way to look at what the odds mean but the thing of um it's disrespectful like dude that that's just the market you know what i mean it's like I mean, well, I was going to say it's like the cost of fuel being uh, disrespectful, but that is disrespectful, damn it. <laughs> this, this cost of gas is $60 to fill up my Kia. It's, it's just plain disrespectful, damn it. But, yeah, so when you see people say the odds are disrespectful to Gilbert Burns, remember, that's that's a market that's being adjusted by how people are playing money. It's Like I said, it's 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 supply and demand. It's a stock. It's a, it's a whatever. So I, I, I don't like when I hear that. But I, I – Again, gun to the head. Am I probably picking Hamzat? Yeah. 
I probably am. I'm probably not picking against the undefeated dude that everybody says is special, that, that has just been absolutely smashing people, that came out today and, and, by the way, is already making his case to fight Usman. He's already saying Kamara Usman and Leon Edwards, don't nobody want to see that fight. Don't nobody want to see that fight. And it makes you wonder, you know, is the UFC, what's the UFC thinking? What are they thinking, right? Like, you know, we know Usman is on the mend right now. That hand is still healing up, so we haven't gotten the Leon Edwards announcement. You know, and the, and the UFC officially, well, we can't announce it until we know that, that, that Usman is clear and that his hand's clean. But are they maybe thinking, too, you know, we are going back to Abu Dhabi in October. Hmm. I mean, you know, we, we've, we've done Leon Edwards wrong before, and he didn't hold it against us. So, you know, maybe if we just say, Leon, you... Leon, you're our guy. You're our guy. Bro, we know you're the rightful number one contender, but you know, we've got these partners in Abu Dhabi, and you know what they did for us for Fight Island, man. You know how they helped us. And we, and we, just, we owe those. It's not us. It's not us. But we owe those guys, and they really, really want to see Hamza. And Leon, if you think about it, we know you'd beat Usman or Hamza. We know you'd beat them both. Right, Leon? You know you'd beat them both. We know you'd beat them both, too. So it really doesn't matter who wins this fight. You're next. You're clearly next. And we know you're going to win, right? We know you're going to win. You know what I'm saying? Makes me wonder. Makes me wonder. Could that happen? We'll see how it plays out. But I'm intrigued by this fight. Because I do think that if Gil, if there's a guy to beat Hamza Shemaev, why is it not Gilbert Burns? I mean, maybe it's Kamaru Usman as well, but is it not Gilbert Burns? I don't know. I'm intrigued by it. So, big, big odds in those top three fights, but the top two especially. And look, I'm not going to turn down a chance to see a Korean zombie uh, fight, of course, you know? Um and, and if that matter, I should say Alexander Volkanovsky fight either at this point, man. I've enjoyed watching his rise. I mean, if you've, if you've listened to this program, you know we, we featured him many times over the years. I, I like uh, Volk a lot. I like cooking with Volk. I watched the, the embedded episode today where he's in the steakhouse. And by the way, I'm assuming he didn't eat any steak, which that is absolute torture. My man went to the steakhouse. Roost Crisp, by the way, I believe is the one they were at with. It's been a long time since I've been at a Roost Crisp. But if I remember right, that's the one where they bring it out and the steak's like sizzling in butter, man. So it's like making that sound, like the smell of the butter. I mean, come on. And he's not going to eat a steak. But it was cool. Like he was talking, um, getting some advice on on how long you cook Wagyu beef and, you know, more marbled steak. And te- it, it, Look, I, I was in the restaurant business for a long time. I still enjoy cooking. I'm, I'm the primary cook at our house. Um, I, I like so his, his cooking with Volk segment. He's actually a good cook, man. Is, is, I actually like his cooking with Volk series. But uh, anyway, I like Alexander Volk and I. So I'm, I'm intrigued by that. But those next two fights, I, to me, I think are more interesting than the odds indicate. So. Um, maybe that's just me. I'm I'm fired up for this. Uh, Mackenzie Dern versus Tisha Torres. Big fight here. You know, it's kind of, I think for both of them, even though Mackenzie Dern's coming off a loss, Tisha Torres has this winning streak going on. I kind of feel like this is a, a prelude to a number one contender fight. Both of them, I think it's, I believe it's number seven and number five of the rankings, if I remember right. So, I mean, it's, it's, they're both right there. You know you've got uh, Carlos Sparza already lined up for a title fight. You know Marina Rodriguez is probably next. So there's time. I mean, Yoni and Jacek, Jing Wiley, they're in there as well. But maybe that's, you know, maybe the winner of this faces the winner of that in a number one contender fight. But I feel like whoever wins is going to be right there. So this is a big fight. This is a big fight. Um, and it's one that I think both of them are pretty honest about what it's about. You know, Tisha Torres, she's got the movement. 
She's got the striking. Um, you know, she said she feels confident in her jiu-jitsu, but even she admitted, like, I'm not, you know, you don't, <laughs> don't want to go grapple with Mackenzie Dern. Like, she's just so good, you know. And, and Mackenzie Dern made a great point that, you know, she feels like even though she lost her last fight, it was very valuable. It was 25 minutes of experience. And she feels like Tisha Torres represents a very similar type opponent. So she thinks, like, hey, you know, maybe this is kind of – I've already been studying for this test, you know. Um which I find pretty interesting because I, I think there's something to that. So um, I, I like this fight a lot. Um, I, I, I didn't have to make a pick. I guess I need to do that. I'm starting to work. I, I got. I really. I got to. I got to get my verdict account going. I've been still talking with the verdict guys. We're we're, we're going to work together, man. We're going to do something because I I like that app, and I and I like the way it's looking. Um, I, I'll, I'll probably lean towards Mackenzie Dern. I think when I do make my picks. Um, Patricia Torres is in form right now, so uh, potentially a, a good fight. And if she can stick and move, man, she's so fast and quick. If she can stick and move, stick and move, stick and move, stay away, sprawl, defensive wrestle, she uh, she could win this fight. So um, a big one, a big one. Patricia talked a lot about just confidence and working with a sports psychologist. Mental part of this game, so big, so, so big. Uh, I know, you, you know, we, we talk about it all the time, but it really is such a huge part of this game, man. Confidence, self-belief. Um, you know, you have to be almost, uh, you know, almost unhealthy in your level of self-belief to be successful in the sport. So um, I like this fight a lot. And then the surprise entrance to the main card, Mark Madsen versus Vince Pichel. Uh, a fun one. Obviously, I had an interview with Mark Madsen uh, a week ago before this fight. I like Mark a lot, man. Such a, a, a smart guy, well-spoken guy. Obviously, three-time Olympian. I mean, that's no joke. You know, Olympic medalist. Um, now at Fight Ready MMA where he says, you know, even though he's advanced in his career, he feels like he's just scratching the surface of who he is as an athlete uh, because of how scientific it is out there. Uh, you know, praises Henry Cejudo, praises Eric Abrasin. Um, it's just, you know, their, their mentality, their wrestling mindset, their understanding and approach of stuff in such a scientific manner. So, um, yeah, man, that, that fight, that fight ready, it's funny. I've, I've interviewed a couple of people from fight ready and I'm always joking, you know, trying to get them to talk trash about Henry Cejudo. But like, oh, don't tell me Cejudo's the difference. They're like, nah, man, Cejudo's the difference. You know, it's, it's him. It's him. Um, pretty cool to hear, man. It's, 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 uh. You know, and, I, and obviously I've, I've always been a big fan of Cejudo as well, but they're doing big things out there. He did say Eric Abrasin is trying to get him to change his nickname. He's trying to get him to be the Viking. Uh, <laughs> he said he's going to stay as the Olympian. But you know Eric Abrasin isn't going to work with you and not try to give you a little marketing. Eric Abrasin, the captain, he doesn't just come in and coach you and teach you to wrestle. He helps you to market as well, man. That's that's his thing. So, uh, But Mark Madsen said right now he's going to stick with the Olympian. Meanwhile, Vince Pichel, uh is hilarious. Um, he's very uh, – he's he's such an intense and fun interview. It, it was funny because when I interviewed Mark Madsen, one of the social clips I put up was that Mark was like, I think we're two of the strongest lightweights in the division. And Vince bounced, you know, like hit back to that. And I tagged, I tagged Vince in it, which I wouldn't tag another fighter if I thought it was disrespectful, but I thought it was kind of a compliment, you know. And Vince tweeted back and was like, you know, he's not nearly as strong as me. He'll find out. And, and I thought it was funny. Just, you know, like, it's, dude was giving you a compliment and it pissed you off. 
but <laughs> today, I, I didn't realize he deleted that tweet. So when I asked him about it today, he's like, yeah, I was being a little bitch. He's like, <laughs> he's like, I deleted it. He's like, I realized I shouldn't have said that. So he was pretty funny. And by the way, Vince Michelle uh, gave a little uh, support to uh, to your boy. <laughs> Some unexpected support as he walked off the stage today. Uh, he did throw out a little uh, – uh, he kind of looked back. He was walking off stage. He looked back and he was like, oh, pointed at me. He's like – Fuck Colby Covington. Stay fat and happy your whole life. So I was like, all right, well, I didn't really need you to call me fat, but I appreciate the support, I guess. So, uh, shout out to Vince Pichel. So I'm torn on this one now. I, I like Mark Madsen. Had a great interview. Vince Pichel from hell giving me the support over there. You know, wh- where is my cheering interest here? We'll see. Um, you know, listen, Vince laid it out there. I mean, Mark, you know, you know, he, you know what the strategy is going to be. I mean, Mark Madsen, you know, he's getting better. He's getting more around. He's learning mixed martial arts more. But let's be honest, he's going to uh, he's going to wrestle. That's going to be the, the basis of his game. And Vince Michelle said, look, I've been with some badass wrestlers. It's, I know it's not going to be easy, but, um, you know, I think I'm prepped for this. And, and I think I can put some hands on him. So um, pretty cool, man. They went from the early prelims. Of course, we lost – the Kelvin Gaslam fight. I mean, unfortunate with that whole situation. Unfortunate for for, for Drickus Duplessis, uh, who you know bounces around, gets pulled from one fight. Uh, given Kelvin Gaslam, you know that great opportunity for him. You know, big name doesn't doesn't have it, and then um, you know now doesn't have a fight. Um, I was told that he was offered Andre Muniz, um, but turned that fight down, which I. I to be honest, I completely, I completely understand. Uh, in fact, I'll just—it was Muniz's camp. That's they and, and they even told me the same thing. I was like, "Oh, was like, are you a little surprised he turned it down?" And they were like, "Nah, man. Like Andre Muniz's jiu-jitsu is on a different level, man. You don't want to—you don't want to get ready for that, you know. In, in short, you want a full camp to get ready for for Andre Muniz. So, um, so yeah, I, I don't know what's happening now. You know, guy doesn't get a fight. Um, got to be kind of bummed for him. So, uh, you know, we'll uh, we'll see. We'll see how this fight plays out. Uh, but I, I like the fact that it, it got bumped up from the early prelims to the main card. And, uh, you know, it, it was funny. Mark Madsen, again, the studious guy, it was like, you know, the only bad thing is, you know, it was supposed to be earlier in the night for my – which I thought was maybe why it was on the early prelims so that it would be at a decent time in, in, in Denmark where he's from. Um, and now it's going to be kind of late for them. So he was a little bummed about that. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. Good, good main card. Uh, looking forward to it. And then I gotta say, man, Ian Gary, I'm, I'm all in on this kid. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying it now. I'm all in on this kid. Um, obviously the talent is there, but, uh, you know, I, I really enjoy hearing from this guy as well, man. And, and so I want to play a little bit. Of that. He, he is, uh, and he has no problem admitting it. He's a long winded cat. Uh, and he gets talking and he gets going. So I won't play you the whole, uh, interview cause it was one of the longest of the day, but if you do want to go see it, um, I didn't put it on, on, on our YouTube channel. So, yeah, I guess uh, go to somebody else's YouTube channel and watch it there. Go to USC.com. They probably have it. I know they're putting it up on their own USC channel now. But, um, yeah, anyway, I, I, I like this cat uh, a, a lot. And, uh, you know, I was a little worried, like, maybe he was a little too cocky or, or what have you. But, um, nah, man, this dude just gets it. And I, I'll, I'll play a little bit of him today. And, um, 
you know, even talking about the comparisons to Conor McGregor, I just, you know, I'm not saying, I mean, look, I, I think the guy is the favorite for a reason. I'm not saying that Darian Weeks should be discounted. You know, Darian Weeks stepped in on short notice for his UFC debut, uh, had an extensive amateur background. He's got talent, um, but there's no question uh, why Ian Gary is the favorite here. But um, I like this kid, man. I like this kid. So here's a little bit from uh, Media Day Today with, with, uh, with Ian Gary. I'm sorry, guys, I'm late. I talk so much shit. That I just get caught up in everything. So how are we off? We good? We knew why you were running behind. Yeah, we, we, it was the exact same on fight week, on fight day last day. You knew exactly. It was like four hours until I came to you guys. It just I can't help it. I really just can't. It's so bad. Okay. Well, talk about that. I mean, the, the amazing debut, right? Not just the fight, but just the whole scene and everything around it. You, you finally get done. You decompress a little bit, man. What do you What do you take out of that whole experience? I just it was it was overwhelming like it was phenomenal to think that i'm sat like i'm sat down in a change room i, I went in they told me i wanted to have a shower i was like fuck i'm having a shower like stop me and i was like I had a shower i put my suit on and i'm like i've just knocked someone out at msg on my ufc debut and i'm like yeah that's ridiculous like that is the fact that that is coming into my head like that that's actually reality is ridiculous um and obviously, I couldn't be happier. I couldn't, like, it was just phenomenal. And it's just something I'm going to, like, I'm going to remember that for the rest of my life. Like, I, I was saying after, I'm like, I can retire now. I'm like, I'm, I've, I've just knocked someone out at MSG. Like, I've put my name in the history books in regards to, like, the most historical fight venue on the planet. And it's like, I, I could do nothing but smile and laugh and enjoy the moment. And it was like, it was, yeah, it was special. Awesome. And, and I know it's not Madison Square Garden, but look, here you are back. Another big pay-per-view yeah. event. I'm, I'm guessing maybe no coincidence that they've got you on a massive uh, card again. I don't know. I don't think that's a coincidence whatsoever. I think they know. I think they know that uh, I'm, I'm game. Do you know what I mean? I show up. I fight. I talk the talk. Like, I got on that mic. I don't know if anyone's ever had a better off. The, like, the, the, there's, only, there's only two people that you could argue could, could, could talk as good as me, and that's Chael and Connor. I, I'm not going to have any other, any other name in that list. It's like, and it's just natural, do you know what I mean? It's just, it's something I'm good at. It's something I just, you see me walk around fight week, like, even when I talk to you guys, it's not, it's just the way I am. I just have a good time, and I, I fucking love what I do. I, I love this whole environment, like, I love walking around the hotel and seeing people, I'm so loud. Like, you will always hear me before you see me. You will always see, like, feel that good energy. It's just, I want it to be infectious. I want you guys to sit here and be like, oh, this is fucking cool. Like, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to this. And that's just, that's the energy I want people to have. And the UFC, I feel, are aware of that too. I feel like anyone who works in the UFC, I, 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 want, to, I want to bring a smile to their face. I want them to be excited for my fights. And that could be someone from, like, greeting me at the hotel door to walk me out to my fight and everyone in between. I want them all to feel that same energy. I don't want someone going, oh, he's a moany cunt. He's fucking, he's a wrecked ahead. Do you know what I mean? I never want that. It's like, just give, just make people's day. Pass on that positive energy. That's awesome. We'll talk about the matchup that you had this time around. Do you see anything different, unique, difficult about this, about this opponent? Look, every opponent in the UFC is going to bring different challenges and they're always going to be game. And... Darian isn't going to be any different. He's going to be an elite level athlete who's going to come in there and try prove that he's better than me. Good. Try. That's what I want you to do. I want you to try. I don't want you to have any excuses. I want you to do what you can, do the best you can. And when I win, you won't have any excuses.
you say, you'll sit there and say, I did my best and my best wasn't good enough because he still beat me. And that's always what I want it to be. I want, I want to break people. I, I want them to feel. I want to feel that change of emotion in them. I want to feel that switch where it's like, oh, shit, I know, I can't beat this guy. That's what I want. And they will come out. Everyone comes out in that first round with, like, intent to, like, have success. And whether it happens or not, they, they, will, they will try. Do you know what I mean? But they're not going to win, ever. They won't win. And he can try, and I hope he tries, and I want him to come out, and I want him to be ready. I want him to have the best camp he's ever had. I want him to be here feeling the best he's ever felt because I'll still beat him, no matter what. There's another undefeated welterweight on the card that's in his you know, fifth UFC fight, and they're talking mm -hmm. about him fighting for a title if he beats Gilbert Burns. You know? mm -hmm. I just wonder, you know, your own career, you're 24 right now. I mean, mm -hmm. do, do you want that fast track where three fights from now we're talking about you fighting for a title, or is it a different journey for you? No, I don't want that. Do I want to fight the best guys in the world? Absolutely. Am I going to fight the best guys in the world? 100% in time. I'm 24 years of age. I don't know how old comes that, 28? Yeah. 28, he's four years older than me. It's like, if in four years I fight three times a year, or even twice a year, you're talking minimum eight fights, and that sticks me at 16 and 0, potentially 17 and 0, do you know what I mean? Depending on where you, where you do it from, from now or this, or this weekend. Like, that's ridiculous. And it's just a case of getting better and growing. Like, I don't know if any of you have seen, but like, after my fight, people were saying, oh, this guy's gonna be, this guy's, not, he's easily beatable, he was getting pieced up. It's the first thing I, t I said to my fucking coaches after the fight, I ran over and I said, guys, we've got a lot to learn. But like, that's what we go home and do, we work on it. It's like, I know, I'm not stupid. Like, I know I'm not perfect yet. Yet. It's gonna come. I'm gonna strive for perfection. I'm going to be so fucking good that everyone, everyone is gonna know about it. And I'm not gonna let anything stop me. And it's just a case of growing and evolving at a slow pace. And when I'm ready, when I feel like, right, it's time to go, I'll turn on the jets and I will take over and I will show the world that this is it. Like, this is the level I wanted to get to. And now it's, it's, now it's done. Everyone's, the, the, the time to beat me has passed. Like, every fight, that I fight in, there's less of an opportunity for me to lose and there's more winning. So every time I go out there and I win, it's just more that people are fucked because it's just like the opportunity is going. It's just like that window, that margin, it's just slowly, 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 slowly getting smaller. And then once I feel like it's gone, everyone's fucked. <laughs> everyone's fucked because I'm gonna fight everyone. Nice. Last thing for me, knowing that, you know, you're not in a rush, right, that, that you want to grow. I wonder, what is the goal here? Is it to go, you know, have another, you know, hopefully maybe not get touched up as much, but have a nice first-round finish? Or, hey, I mean, would 15 minutes be the worst thing in the world, you know, to, to, to get that time in the cage and, and maybe get some experience in there? I don't necessarily need experience. If I knock someone out in two minutes, I'll take that. Do you know what I mean? I don't think I ever need 15 minutes. Um, for me, it, like, my experience... I find this funny because obviously fighting is different to training in the gym. It's, it's just completely obvious. We see some unbelievable fighters freeze when they get in the cage. Like it, it happens. I'm fucking experienced. Look at the guys I'm training with. Look at, the, look at the coaches I have. Look at the people I'm surrounded by on a daily basis. To think that I'm not getting tested, that I'm not getting pushed, and that the people have just seen what I am from my one UFC debut, like my one UFC fight. It'd be idiotic to think that. There's so much more than that. Um, 
But let them think that. That's great. Think that that's all I have, that what you've seen is what I've got, because then you'll be excited. You'll be, you'll be shocked when I show you what I've got. Um, it's really just a case of, like, I know how good I'm going to be, and I know what I've got, and I'm just going to work on it and work on it and work on it and keep pushing myself because it's just going to... There's going to be a point where people stop down and people just won't want to fight and people will make excuses and there'll be dropouts, but it's like, everything's good. Life is good. Ian over here. Hey man, how are we? Good, how are you? How many times have you watched the MSG fight? Seven, eight times probably. I watched the repeat loads of times. I watched my, my post-fight interview loads. That was awesome. I booking, that was perfect. What was the biggest takeaway? Like each and every time you watch it, what's, what's the biggest thing that stands out? The biggest thing that stands out was, obviously it was my UFC debut and it was in the biggest card of the year and it was at Madison Square Garden and it's like, I don't know if anyone else has ever done that in the UFC. I don't know if anyone else has fought on the biggest card of the year for their debut in the biggest sporting venue in the world. Like I don't, I, the most historical I should say, but I don't know if anyone else has ever done that. And I went in there and, the moment I seen my name pop up on the LED screen, going around Madison Square Garden, and I see Bruce Buffer, like, screaming my name with energy, I'm like, oh, fuck. This is, this is, this is where I dreamed of being. Like, this exact moment is the bit that I've dreamed of, is stepping into this octagon, the UFC gloves on, I've got the shorts on, I'm looking at, I'm, I'm living that dream, like, I've made it a reality. And it was just about like feeling overwhelmed and coming back down and, and focusing because I was just so happy. I was so excited. I was so overwhelmed with the feeling of just like like gratitude. Like I've done this, I got here. Like I've done everything I've done to get here and I've pushed through everything that's, that's, that's come my way and I've still succeeded. And I've gotten to this point, and I'm like, fucking. I was basically just sitting there going, I'm, I'm the man. Like, I, I got here. Like, I'm the man. I did this. And it was the first two and a half minutes. I, I wasn't Ian Gary. Like, it wasn't Ian Gary in that cage. It was just a body floating around going, all right, shit, come on, get back into it. And he caught me a couple of times, fair play. But then once we entered the wrestling exchange, I was like, right, shit, I'm not getting taken down and put my back. That's when no one ever wants to be in MMA. It's just, I'm like, right, switch it on. And that kind of just, like, opened my eyes and I was like, great, that's it, let's go. And from that point on, I feel like I, I won the fight every second of that. Speaking of memorable debuts, today is the nine-year anniversary mm -hmm. of Conor McGregor's UFC yeah. debut. And you're fighting on a card that same week. What, what yeah. does that mean to you? Because it's got to mean something, right? Yeah, I only seen this earlier. Um, that's awesome. That's cool. Like, I mean, we're talking about the biggest star in the sport. Um, and, like, someone who... Absolutely, like I can attribute a lot of my career to in regards to like if it wasn't for him, I don't know how, how fast it would have taken me to find this sport because he made that very easy for me to know what I wanted to do. Watching his rise, watching his, his fights with my friends, with my, like with everyone, just enjoying the, the energy around Ireland and the excitement around his performances was what made me want to be here. Like walking into school on Monday morning after watching him fight early hours of Sunday morning. It's like everyone just wanted to talk about him. Everyone was just mentioning what he did, the, the, the post-fight press conferences where he's sitting there and he's like, 50 Gs, baby, and everyone has done it. Anyone who does that since now is just copying Conor. 
Even though, even though everyone has every right to try to say that, everyone links it back to Connor. And there's so many things that he said that were just golden. And it's like all those little bits, those little clips were just the most exciting thing. We'd walk in and it was like, you talk about him like throwing darts at like Jose Aldo's head in a dartboard in Brazil. Like this fella doesn't give a rat. Like he's just crazy. And that's what, I, as a kid, like as someone who was 16, 17 and 18, like boisterous with the boys, like sitting in school laughing, like that was what we, we enjoyed. It was like the funny clips that he'd say and like the, who the fuck is that guy? All that, it's always gonna be memorable. So it's awesome. Like even the fact that people like say that I'm the next team or like they compare me to him, it's is fucking cool. I mean, they're comparing me to someone who literally is the reason I feel like I'm in the sport because it's like, because I wanted to be like him. I'm in. I'm sold. The guy's got me. <laughs> He's entertaining, man. And uh, I mean, entertaining fighter, entertaining on the mic. Uh, count me among those who, uh, who smiles when he's around. So, uh... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all in. Listen, the card just continues. Jairzinho, Rosenstrike versus Marcin Tabura. Meaningful heavyweight fight there. Somebody could easily go to sleep in that one. Aspen Ladd versus Raquel Pennington. Oh, there's a joke to be made there, and I'm not going to do it. Aspen Ladd versus Raquel Pennington. Uh, good fight there. Uh, me meaningful fight in the division as well. Uh, Mickey Gall, Mike Malott come through CFFC. Uh, not, not trying to disrespect Mickey Gall, but, uh, you know, okay, we we got we to gotta pull for our CFSC brethren. Uh, and then he goes all the way down to the early prelims. Alexi Olenek versus Jared Vandera. Josh Frim steps in against Anthony Hernandez. That's the spot that Triggis Duplessis was supposed to be in. Kay Hansen versus the undefeated Pierre Rodriguez. And Julio Arce versus Daniel Santos, which could be a little little firework, a little cracker to get things started for the night. So, uh, listen, I'm looking forward to the card. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm a little worried that – well, I mean – I'm not worried. I don't care what the UFC's pay-per-view sales are, but you know how it is. I feel like people are kind of like, ah, I don't know about this one because of those odds. I, I, I could be wrong, but I think this might be one where we're looking at one or two upsets uh, on Saturday night and kind of shake things up a little bit. Um, yeah, and, and they're, they're really good. Who knows? Maybe it's three upsets. Maybe I'm looking at the wrong one. Maybe I'm looking at the wrong two. You know what I mean? Maybe it's something else. So um, we'll see. We'll see. I'm uh, – I'm excited for this card. I'm excited. It's uh, the first one for MMA Underground on the road. Of course, week one was uh, was a UFC pay-per-view event. Man, that was nuts. What a, what a way to get going. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's crazy right now. Crazy times. First month is in, in the bag. Uh, a lot, it's been, man, the adjustment, it's been a lot of work. No question about it. But we're starting to feel things out a little bit, starting to get, to get um, an idea of our plans. Um, hopefully, maybe – Announcing an addition uh, to the team very soon, which I'm I'm excited about, um, and, and just trying to figure out the future of the site and and uh, busy times coming up, man. I, I've got a uh, I'm, I'm, I'll be out after I get home on Sunday. Uh, Monday I'm going to go out to L.A. for Bellator's big. They're doing a big press conference in Bellator for a couple of their upcoming cards, so I'm excited to go out there and um, kind of go talk and, and and meet with those guys. And uh, haven't seen them since I joined the new organization, so just make sure everybody knows where I'm at and. Uh, you know, continue working with those guys. Uh, then l later next week, actually, uh, I've got to go to Atlantic City for a CFFC card. Um, so L.A. on Monday, then Wednesday night flying to uh, Atlantic City. The card's actually Friday night, so I'm taking the red-eye Wednesday night, getting in there Thursday. 
CFFC card on Friday, fly home on Saturday. Uh, I believe that CM Punk doesn't have any conflicts this time. You know, he's had a couple scheduling issues, so I've, I've been working with Andre Petrosky the last two times, which has been great, man. Andre's a good dude. Uh, but excited to get my man CM Punk back in the booth. Uh, he's always, I'm telling you, man, even on those nights, he's always texting during the cards and, and uh, watching the fights, man. He's a, he's a huge fight fan, so I'm anxious to have him back in there for sure. And then... Um, and then I'm actually going to go for the for the uh, PFL's debut event uh, because it's in Arlington, Texas. So it's it's right down the street from my parents. And I, once they announced that, I was like, you know what? Let me see if I can go. And it looks like the one will fit in will be the debut. I kind of, you know, if I'm being honest, if I could pick any of them, it'd, it'd probably be Kayla Harrison. You know, I I I a big Kayla Harrison fan. I I, I, w- I wish I could have seen her card instead. Um, but you know, I, I haven't been to a PFL event in a long time, uh, since they were at Mandalay Bay. So anxious to get out and see a PFL event in person again, kind of see where the, where the product has developed up to this point. And listen, got to ask him about this whole weird, uh, thing with the PFL challenger series where they had a, a tape delayed event. Um, I don't think it was, you know, as best I can tell, and this is kind of a weird story if you haven't seen it. Um, but basically, and I think it was ESPN that reported it, that they did one of their challenger events was tape delayed, and they did not make it clear that it was tape delayed. Now they did take out any reference to wagering. Um, you know, they they normally have Ian Parker on there giving some wagering ideas. Thought they took out all of that for the tape delayed broadcast, which is responsible then because had they tape delayed event and been talking about wagering and all that, that would have been incredibly irresponsible of them. Um, but they didn't. But they also didn't make it clear to everyone that it was tape delayed. Um, which, I'm, you know, wh- whether that was a Fubo TV decision, whether that was a PFL decision, I'm not sure at this point. But we're going to have to talk to them about that while we're out there and find out what happened and see where it progresses. You know, how much they'll want to talk about it, I don't know. How much they'll say, I don't know. But um, definitely an unfortunate thing. And it's the legal ramifications that come with it. And then it's just the, the faith in your organization, the faith in the sport as a whole. Um, you know, you, you gotta be, you gotta be wary about things like that. Um, so anyway, um, we'll talk to them about that, but busy couple of weeks, man. So UFC, Bellator, CFFC, PFL all over the next couple of weeks, uh, a busy time for sure. Uh, excited about it at some point. I guess uh, I think I think I'll be able to get cold coffee in next week before. Yeah, I don't fly out till late. I think like eleven or something. So we can actually get back together in Las Vegas and and chat a little bit and make me feel like part of a team again instead of all these people standing me up. <laughs> uh, no, I get it. Everybody's got their own things to do. I always appreciate when they volunteer their time. Uh, this time it just didn't happen. But hopefully, John Morgan rolling solo was not the worst thing that ever happened to you. I've enjoyed talking about it. If you like what you listen, do us a favor. Even though Cold Coffee's not here, rate and review the both of us on whatever format you're listening to. We appreciate the feedback. We appreciate growing it, especially now that half of us of this team is out there uh, independently in the world. Uh, the support is always greatly uh, appreciated because i got to continue growing these brands and getting the support level in there. So it's greatly appreciated. If you can step it up that next level, go over to patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow, exclusive home of the and a half episodes, then I certainly appreciate that too. But if not, even just a little rate, even a little review, maybe share it with your friends because the people listen. We appreciate it. Uh, USC 273 looks like it'll be a lot of fun. We'll have the and a half over at patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow. For everybody else, we'll talk to you next week. And uh, to all of you, 
You know I mean it from the bottom of my heart, especially when it's just me sitting here rambling. If you made it all the way through, let me say thanks for listening.